0: Hey, everyone. This is Brian Ferguson. If you're listening to this, then I know you enjoy the Bumps and Thumps podcast. In order to continue to get the guests on and improve our podcast, we need support from listeners like you. That financial support helps us continue to do the podcast and get guests on that we normally would not be able to get on the show. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, and the number three after, and click on the support button. There will be options there for you to make a monthly contribution. With your contribution, we can continue to conduct the podcast and ask more well-known wrestlers from the past and present that require financial compensation to be on the podcast. Again, please go to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N, dot Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U, SON in the number three and click on the support button. Thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for your support. Thank you for joining another edition of Thumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is known as 245 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal with a body women love and a man fear. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Roscoe Monroe. Roscoe, thanks for coming on the show today. Appreciate it.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome, Roscoe Nation. (laughs) Welcome to the Squared Circle Ranch. Panther Creek is about 10 miles to my west. Glad to have you.
0: Well, it's great to have you on. I appreciate it. Uh, reaching out to you. It was pretty instantaneous and I really appreciate that. Sometimes it takes people weeks because they, you know, busy lives get going and I really
1: appreciate it. So.
0: Uh,
1: oh, know. no, we lay back down here. We lay <laughs> back in the bayou. You always got to bring the bayou with you. And I've noticed you have done that today. Thank you very much. No,
0: thank you for coming on. All right. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, First, about you growing up, uh, from what I understand, you're from, are you from Arkansas? Absolutely. Okay. So, can we talk about growing up in Arkansas, your childhood, uh, things of that nature?
1: How many hours you got? um, (laughs) It all got started like my dad had a fishing shack. you know, I was born in 1958. He had a fishing shack down on Panther Creek Bayou, which is like maybe 10 minutes to the west of here. Okay. Uh, and actually the area got lost to me uh, for 40 years. It took a cousin of mine to actually rediscover Panther Creek for me. Oh wow. But it was like we had a fishing shack, and I can remember running around in diapers, mostly running from snakes, <laughs> you know, and an uh, alligator out there in you know, rufus out there in the bayou, and, you know, we'd go out on the dock, and Dad would say, don't dangle your toes, Rufus will eat them, you know. <laughs> and um, that's kind of where uh, it all happened, and he had a, a black and white TV with rabbit ears and the tin foil on it, and we would pick up Tri-States Wrestling from, uh, from you know, uh, that would have been Cowboy Bill Watts, Leroy McGurk, Danny uh, Hodge, uh, Skandar Akbar, Jose Lothario, the Bisco yeah. brothers, and then eventually the Grapplers when he moved down to uh, Shreveport and all. And that's what I was influenced by. Ah. And, uh, you know, not the Memphis stuff that the folks I'm wrestling with now uh, basically were into. But that's yeah. that was the influence. And I was there till like seven years old and then was growing up totally like a Roscoe, uh, Monroe. And, um, and then, of course, uh, things happened and life changes. And uh, we split off and moved a uh, uh, different, different direction at seven years old. Yeah. And it was lost in time. And I had a cousin who uh, just got killed. He was 80, 81 years old. And he had found... Yeah, he had found Panther Creek for me and uh, took me there right before his death. And um, all the memories came back and therein came the genesis of Roscoe Monroe and all the legend and everything came back. And Oh, I'm getting tears. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, that's where that all came from. And that's what I put into my wrestling
0: character. So, You know, when I was looking you up, uh, doing a little background on you, if you will. Uh, I didn't realize there was a guy named Sputnik Roscoe Monroe.
1: Uh, Brumbaugh. And that's all by accident. That's all by accident. Literally, Roscoe just kind of came to be in a dream. Yeah. And yeah. uh, people, I said, well, what kind of name could you put behind Roscoe? And these idiots looked at me and said, Monroe. And I'm <laughs> Like, out of the mouth of idiots, you better take it, run, you know? And so I used Roscoe Monroe. I had no idea that is Eric Roscoe Monroe Brumbaugh is Sputnik Monroe's name. Okay. So, and when I was growing up, Sputnik uh, intimidated the hell out of me, you know? Yeah. It scared me uh, when I was watching, you know? But at the same time, I was just drawn to and fascinated by Sputnik, you know? Yeah, because he had that little white hair, little thing of white hair. and Yeah, he was very flamboyant, you know, and very arrogant and um, fun as hell to watch, you know. So yeah, that's kind of where all that came from. Yes.
0: So let's talk about your training. Uh, where did you train? Who trained you and uh, getting started into the business?
1: I OK, so I'm going to tell on myself a little bit here. Um, all right. So I moved back from Texas. In the early 90s and um, kind of immediately got into a fist fight in a church parking lot. I got, to, I, got into, I got into a fight with a Catholic and was in the Episcopalian parking lot. So it was real non-denominational fight. And it's like I got to the point where uh, I realized that maybe I needed some judo training because there were some things in the fisticuffs that I knew that I was lacking. So I started judo training. But the pajamas hurt my hands a lot. And I was there for five years, and the dojo collapsed. About that time, the internet started, and I got into YouTube, and I met a um, Baptist missionary who traveled to down El Paso way. And he had relatives here, and he would stop. And uh, I met him on YouTube, and uh, he would train me in um, submission wrestling. And he got me hooked up with – policemen and firemen that were traveling to Waco and Wachahatchie, Texas for training and they would come by and teach me and train me and practice before they would go down there. So I got into going to tournaments and stuff in submission wrestling. So I went from judo, submission wrestling.
0: Okay.
1: And then uh, submission wrestling got to the point where you couldn't really do it and go to work on Monday because... You couldn't have your eyeballs scratched out, or you know a complete, uh, you know, hand scratch across your face, and, and you can go to work on Monday. And so we went into grappling, and I go to tournaments and grappling in Atlanta, and. Um, Ran in, if you got to the point where you were kind of aging out and I got to, they always had a um, a professional wrestling ring there and I wanted it so bad. Going back to Panther Creek as a kid in diapers, I wanted to get in that ring so bad. So I kind of aged out of the submission wrestling and and I got up in that ring and I was there for three days. They couldn't get me out of the ring. I was so concussed. I've been dropped on my head so many times. Oh, jeez. And the professionals that were there kind of training us said, if you go back to Arkansas, you're going to have to train or you're going to die a very unhappy man. So I came back here and I found the meanest, baddest, independent wrestler I could find, which was uh, Norman Nekhlakov, the Russian. And I'm telling on myself, I told you. (laughs) And uh, he said, I don't train, but there's this guy named Josh Cross at Tuckerman who has... Who is training. And I started there. I did uh, two years of very intense old school boot camp. I did the year of refereeing. I did it the right way. Um, so I know how to bump and I can yeah. come off the top rope. I'm six, I'll be 64 at the end of this month and I can come off the top rope. Yeah. which you haven't seen at mid yet. You will. All right. And, and, and uh, you know, it's like, uh, did, did it the right way, you know, and yeah. never yeah. threw up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else threw up. I never yeah. threw up. Um, didn't have, didn't that's have some intense did. stuff, you know. And yeah. for an old man to kick it with 20 year olds was, uh, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. And, and did it, you know, and then took off and started uh, wrestling elsewhere. Ended up at SECW up in Hoxie at the uh, fabled and haunted Flatlander Arena. Oh. And, yeah, and uh, now I'm there with OCW. And then the pandemic came and um, uh, ended up with uh, Jason Jones uh, at uh, MidStates. And he's just been tremendous at polishing me out, you know, him and Gary Graham and um, Demolition and, uh, oh, God, all the all the people that hang around there have just been fantastic for me.
0: yeah. Yeah, I've been to two cards at uh, mid-states that you now that you mentioned that. I went to the one in uh, November with the tribute to Bobby, which I have my t-shirt on.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I saw that. Thank you.
0: Yes, of course. Uh, probably a, if not, but one of the most underrated, in my opinion, wrestlers in the wrestling world. Oh,
1: absolutely, no doubt. Him, Uh, Arn Anderson, Mike Jackson, um, and you know that's what I concentrate on. I don't know if you noticed on my Facebook page, I really tried to dig deep into the history of wrestling and pull that out. If you look at my gear, my wrestling gear, it's all from the fifties and sixties. Yep, and that's what I want to do. I want to bring back the golden age. Yeah, you know, I call it getting bit. Gator bit, you know, gator bit. Back, getting gator bit, bringing back that golden age yeah. of wrestling, you know, where it was very authentic and real and there wasn't really any face paint or any of that type of stuff going on. It was the, you know, the personality the character and mm-hmm. the event that match itself told the story. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I've watched you uh, perform uh, at Harrison. Uh, thought you were great. Uh, well, thank you.
1: The, the, the color commentators didn't, but that's all right.
0: Well, well overcome you know, they're, they're, that. We'll they're, overcome that. They're, they're biased, you know, they, they, <laughs> they're they biased. Thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I yeah, I mean, I, you know, I believe that those independent promotions like uh, mid-states, world-class pro wrestling down in uh, Oklahoma and Texas, those Are I I really think they're making a comeback, and I think people are trying to to really get back into that because I don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not taking any away from the big ones. You know, the WWE, the AEW, and Impact, but it, it it's a lot of eye candy and not a lot of the wrestling. There's more of the drama on the screen during the show than the wrestling itself. And I don't know. It's just kind of a, to me, uh, the Indies bring back the lost art of wrestling.
1: Absolutely. And you tied in on a point there that that's something I've kind of got to make is, um, you know, I've, I've got a, a, quite a large internet following and, and they all say the same thing. Get a hold and work it, you know, grab a hold and work it, yeah. slow it down. Yeah. Um, you know, and bring back that that uh, intense uh, play inside the ring and tell the story there. Yep. You know, tell the story inside the squared circle. Exactly. And, you know, that's what I push for. And that's one thing I really think I can bring to some of the indies. I don't want to copy the WWE. I have to build. I'm old. I'll never make it to AEW, WWE, or any of that stuff. I'm very much aware of that. I have to build my own fan base, my own world, you know, uh, basically. And I'm very grateful to the folks out here who follow and, and, you know, get behind me and push. It's just the promoters, it kind of takes them a little while to catch on. I mean, yeah. the folks at Hoxie picked up on it immediately yeah. and just shoved me to the front, you know. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that, you know, but it just takes a while for the audience to understand, hey, look, this is the way it was, and this cat's doing that. You know, yeah. hell yeah, gator bait, you know. Gator do- bait.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I said, when I saw you back in uh, I believe it was November on uh, the Carvin Harrison and the only reason, okay, I'll be honest, I'm going to tell myself, I had an interview back in late October, I want to say, with Brian Thompson, who lives up in, in Lebanon, Missouri in yes. here. I live about an hour from uh, east of, or west, excuse me, of Lebanon. So when I talked to him, he told me about that card down there in Harrison. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to that. So my wife and I went down there to it. Really enjoyed it. She actually, I'll be honest, she's not a big wrestling fan, but she actually enjoyed that. And uh, and then I saw the next card with Jimmy Hart, went down there for that with my son. And I tell you, it is very, it's very refreshing that, one, the wrestlers, prior to actually the matches, you know, they have that hour or 45 minutes where they are out there talking to the fans, signing, not pressuring you to buy anything. They just say, Hey, how's it going? Do you want me to sign that? Yep. Okay. If you want to buy something great, they don't say, Hey, do you want to buy this? You just talk to you. And if you say, Hey, I kind of like that, then you buy it. If you want it, if you don't, no big deal. It's and that to me too is, a missing element up in that bigger echelon because one I've, I've been to those big ones and you don't get autographs. I mean, it's hard if they're not out in the, in, in the foyer out there, which most of the time they're not because they don't want to be bothered, which, you know, I kind of understand, but I, it's refreshing, I guess. I don't want to get on a tantrum here, but it's just refreshing that where you work at and in those Indies that they do that and, and it's appreciated and it's, storytelling in the ring. That's what I enjoy the most. So I'm going to get off my tantrum here and get back to you because you're the I guest. Mean what? I mean,
1: I just want to dovetail in on that. I think you'll notice I spent my time in the concession stand. You did. Uh, because, uh, you know, down the bayou, we love food. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having a great time passing out food to everybody. You know, it was, like, it was a great chance to meet everyone, you know, become immersed in it. When I'm up at the show in Springfield, I usually work the door and I just have a wonderful time in the conversations yeah. with all the audience um, yeah. and to see where the audience is at, where they come from yeah. and develop relationships with them. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they are unbelievably loyal fans yes, they and are. the interplay and the interaction with the, the fans is just addictive and. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like you have to have it. And that's one thing I hate about this virus is the inability to touch like we used to, to be able to hug, to touch, to yeah. bump, you know, uh, fists, elbows, run up against folk, hug, all that stuff that would happen before, just is kind of like uh, it's altered and changed us. And, you know, the the power of the Indies was that personal touch that we had, you know, and that's what you saw, what Jason set up there uh, with Midstakes, uh, is that meet-and-greet, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And it's an old Southern kind of meet-and-greet. You just come in and meet everybody, get you some to eat, wander around, talk. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the wrestlers just have a real trouble, like, interacting with people. They're standing there like a, a fish. But the rest of them will sit there and interact with you. Like Gary Graham is very yeah. highly interactive, and there's yeah. a number of other wrestlers there. I mean, even Meklakov will stand there and insult you, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's, there's just, uh, you get to, to feel the personality of the wrestlers and the interaction. And that's what you'll find that the audience really loves about a lot of the indies, especially yeah. the well-run ones, yeah. is that fan involvement.
0: Yeah. Also, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to get in. No.
1: You, know,
0: you pay uh, $10, $15 to get into the show, depending on where you're and, and the excitement. Yeah, the, the excitement, excitement. And it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to get something to eat there either. No. So, it, ain't, it ain't $8 for something to drink and $10 for a hot dog. You know, it, it's a few bucks, which is great. And um,
1: we'll feed you right for that, you
0: know. I know you will. I've yeah. ate there.
1: Yes, absolutely i get to i get a kick because i think i'm the only one that really wears a cowboy hat around there yeah you know so i just i love that too it's just like you get you just get the whole experience Uh, i
0: really enjoy it all right i want to talk about moving to our next topic here is your interactions with other wrestlers and and, and promotions what was that like you said you've interacted with some well-known wrestlers uh Talk about that. I mean, who's your probably the interactions you had that have been positive? What was that kind of like for you? And you said you were down in Atlanta before we got on here and did that for a few years. Talk about you that. Oh, there was a, a
1: one like as far as like the inception. Um, there was a, a man named Nighthawk, uh, Ron Thomas, who worked the uh, Gulf Coast region for years. Um, kind of an unsung hero down there. Um, and he was trained by Dean Malenko and he was so smooth. I would get up in there, you know, I was trained in judo submission and then grappling, and then I get into the ring with this guy and he knows that. And, um, he would kind of just usher me around the pro moves, which are, you know, I kind of need to, first off, judo is two-dimensional. Okay. Grappling is one-dimensional. Pro wrestling is five damn dimensional. I mean, it's like you're on so many levels. And Ron took me and he just started throwing me around the ring, but it was so smooth. He would offer me a leg to post on or an arm to post on or a shoulder to post on just things that made the moves that yeah. he, he knew I could take that judo and morph it into the pro wrestling and he, and he and he teased that and he was from Dean Malenko he could because Malenko was over in Japan forever so I mean it was like you know he teased that out of me and you know that's where the conversation came in the hotel in Atlanta that I'd better go home to Arkansas and, and if I was going to be a happy man and train you know. yeah. and so that's Ron Thomas and, and another guy there named Ace King who guy gave me the talk. You know, you get in Pro Wrestling, you hear people talk about, well, he gave me the talk, the that really pushed you over the cliff and made you decide sacrifice a huge portion of your life to yeah. to do this insane sport, you know, and yeah. spectacle. So I would say that would have been the beginnings of it all right there, he is. Yeah
0: uh interaction uh we talked about jimmy hart a little bit uh before we came on very talk about him a little bit you had some interactions with with Jimmy. who Who, who again
1: jimmy hart jimmy was interesting i mean it was just a short encounter but you know with jimmy i mean um uh he uh, basically was from memphis so you know there's a, a common core right there i don't live very far from memphis okay but you know. Uh, What blew my mind was he was like, if there's a Wendy's and McDonald's and something there, I can adapt usually. And, you know, he lives in Tampa and he was like, uh, I just went to a warmer climate. And then everything else was already there. The Wendy's, McDonald's and the Popeyes, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) But it was like uh, when I was in Atlanta, I was around a rapper named Gucci Mane and uh, we could not go to the public's market to get food. We could not. Uh, it was like there were, they would clog the aisles wanting autographs. It's like, here, grab this cereal box and autograph this crap. Give it to them. Get him out of here. Yeah. You know, it's like it just was a uh, uh, life disrupted, you know, because of the fame. Right and i said well jimmy how do you deal with this and he was had the most positive outlook on it where he was like you this is a part of it son this is what you do and you know they are the reason you're here and i was like god this guy is really grounded well
0: yeah
1: you know it was it was like uh and the conversation went on from there yeah um you know uh uh, there have been others. I mean, I, I, had a brief encounter with Randy Orton. Um, I had brief encounters with, uh, a, f- a few others, but, uh, as far as like those that have kind of left an impression, mm-hmm. they've been mostly the ones that have been around the Indies a long time. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, when I was down in Harrison for the last card, I had the opportunity, uh, to meet Jimmy Hart for a minute. Uh, Very nice guy. He signed uh, my poster that I had of him from your event. Actually, it's in the back back here. And then uh, I had my son with me. And usually guys, if you pay him the 10, 20, whatever it was bucks for the autograph and the, and the picture, they only want that guy. Well, I, I went up, I told my son, Hey, just stay back. And he said, no, 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 get him up here
1: exactly get him yeah. up
0: here no 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 he's he's could be in this too so we took a couple pictures with him he signed it i don't know if you can see it in the back if you're watching yes. you can probably see it right there but he is a, you know for his notoriety very humble very yes and I, and I appreciated that i told him thank you very much so right but that, that's great uh good guy let me ask you this uh during your career. Have you ever ever had any real heat with any of your <laughs> opponents or anybody you worked with? Okay, in or outside? I mean, outside the ring. You know, I know. I get it. You know, inside, obviously, you do. Yes. Oh, we so, got. One.
1: Yeah, I got me a trophy for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't. I honestly did not. I thought I. You know, I was wondering if you were going to ask this. I didn't know how to. And I have a reputation for not putting up with too much crap. Um, I um, there's just a point I hit, and a switch goes off, Mm -hmm. and a shoot happens. They call it a shoot. Basically, Um, you know. Come on, I got into a fight in a church parking lot. There's not very many boundaries here, you know. So, so it's like you know, I, I put up with just a certain amount of crap, and then I get these yeah i don't know if you can see that it's a shoot it's a shoot trophy yeah
0: if you're watching Um, it's a shoot trophy yeah it's 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 a
1: shoot it's a shoot trophy um and that's you know people run you know it's kind of like all of a sudden the fists start flying and people start running in the locker room and it's like oh god it's a shoot um you know or or in the middle of a match you know people kind of get a little bit too stiff, and you've warmed them a little bit too stiff, and then you start, you know, you know you've been hit on this side of your head because, like, the sparks are kind of like a, a blue and white, and if you hit in the back, they're red, and if you hit them in the front, they're kind of green, so you know, you know, you, you're, you're basically getting pummeled, uh, and it's time to shoot, so, uh, yeah, there's been a few. Uh, a few,
0: huh? There's been, yeah, there's been a few, you know,
1: egos bump into egos and stuff like that, you know, but when it all comes down, and, and I'll be honest with you, Lee, the business has taught me um, how to forgive and how to move on and how to yeah. not sweat the small stuff. Don't pole vault mouse turds is what I'm calling. You know, I call it, you know, you just don't sweat the small <laughs> stuff. You just, you just keep going and keep, you know, uh, keep your mouth shut and head you know, I sound like you know a slave being released from the fields. Here, you just keep going forward. You know, and you head to the promised land.
0: You know, yeah, that that's a new one. I've never heard that. The.
1: Pull vault, don't pull. Oh, masters. yeah. You don't want to pull vault. mouse turns. In that's the, a in, good one. I've never heard that. In, in the wrestling business, you want to just kind of let <laughs> things slide. You know, and, and that's hard because there's still people, to, like even last night I was talking to a booker and he's like, I still have resentment. So I'm like, kind of, yeah, yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got a trophy for it. So that's kind of, that kind of answers your question with yeah. that.
0: No, I, I know there's, uh, some always a little bit of heat from a lot of people forgive and forget, you know, I try to, I'm kind of like you, I can only take so much, but, uh, you know, and it's probably hard because if you get hit wrong in the ring, it kind of makes you upset. Like, you know, you're kind of shocked you got hit that hard or, or, you know, and most of the time it's probably an accident, you know, when they, if they slip and hit you or if you're doing a move and they it does you don't land right or something nine times out of ten it's it's an accident it was right
1: uh, for them you know for yeah. that could happen like 10 times but that 11th time i mean come on i mean yeah
0: yeah you
1: know, yeah and disrespect stuck, disrespect right? is my other thing it's like if you disrespect mm-hmm. and i'm old you know and the thing about old people is is that you know um Life in prison really doesn't mean that much to us at this point in time. You know? It's it's like, you know, what the hell? You know, hitting. <laughs> All right. It's a shoot. It's a shoot. You know. But you know, I don't want to get a bad reputation because I really get along with everybody.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. You know, no, I, I follow you on Facebook and I'm gonna put that down at the bottom of the description so people can get on there and follow you. And speaking of that, I'll just touch on that real quick on your Facebook page. Uh, if you follow Roscoe Monroe, I'll have the link at the bottom of the description. He has all kinds of historical pictures and descriptions at the bottom of, of what they're about. And it's really interesting. I mean, there's some things I've seen some of those pictures before, but some of them I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that I'm not no wrestling historian, but I try to you know keep up on you know, the past. And, and, and when I prepare for these podcasts and you have a lot of interesting content, I will say that. And uh, I appreciate it. And I know the fans out there that follow you appreciate it. So yeah, follow his page when I put it down. Yeah, get bit.
1: Yeah. Get, <laughs> get bit. yeah, <laughs> good get get bit. You know, the thing about all that is I'm very, very grateful uh, for all those people online. It's uh, the passion is amazing. There are times I just have to bite my lip. Because uh, the the they want to get the historical facts perfect, you know, yeah. and you know there are times I'm just in a foul mood and I just you know I have to just keep going, you know. Once again, pole vaulting mouse turds, but it's like it, in trying to to find the source, the absolute source of some of these vintage classic photos. Is become an impossibility at a point, point, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it, but just to see the level of passion and the dedication that some of these folks have toward that has just been really uplifting and and really has helped my self-esteem and all. And, and they push forward. They're like, Oh, your next wrestling gear has to be this, or, you know, and and I think my last match I wore a, um, um, a uh, Baron von Raschke and Carl von, Kurt von Hess and you know tribute pants with the black with the red stripe down the side. You know, and I right. try to really yeah. dig deep and pull that stuff out for people. Yeah. And I even use the claw in the match, I, I keep bringing I wanted to pull back some of the old moves, yeah, and stuff from that. Yeah, yeah. uh, thank you for noting that. I really appreciate oh, that. Of
0: course, no, you're. You're wonderful. I mean, I haven't had much interaction with you, but when I have in person at the concession set, you're very nice, very humble, and I really—all those guys are. But I mean, I really appreciate it. And, and uh,
1: you've been know. trained right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. So I mean, kind of like we we're talking a little bit off uh, wrestling today. You know, these indies versus the the big ones. Let's talk about that. So your opinion on the difference of today's pro wrestling, the major the major ones versus the indies. What, what's your... Well, difference?
1: okay. So my dad had a heart attack. I had to move back from Nacogdoches, Texas, and I lived on a sailboat on Lake Washita for three years. Oh, wow. Um, it was the early 90s. I did a little bit of work, uh, political, organization work, And also in my profession, I'm a semi-retired pharmacist at this point. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, you didn't know that. He's got a brain zebra Oh, my God. (laughs) But it's like, um, you know, I love Stone Cold Austin, but he got up there and he flipped people off. And I said, kids are going to come in the pharmacy Monday morning, and they're going to flip me off. And I worked in Hot Springs National Park at that time, and that's where the sailboat was. And sure enough, Monday morning, you know, the first thing that happened. the kid come in here and just flipped me off. I was like, you know, I'm done. Yeah. And I would tune in every once in a while thereafter, but I just felt that that had crossed the line. I did not realize, especially since I started in the indies, how people look up to wrestlers mm-hmm. or see them as role models. And it concerns me. It concerns me uh, with... Uh, the big ones, WWE, AEW and stuff like that. And it concerns me with the Indies sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, think about the impact that you're having on your audience, Mm -hmm. you know, think about where are you wanting to steer this? Don't you don't, you can't be so egocentric and selfish that you don't realize just the powerful impact you have on society and, and how these kids are acting in school, the clothes they wear, you know, all of that, you know, (laughs) And that's the problem that I have with the way things are now Mm -hmm. uh, versus, you know, you know, that's one reason why I want to bring the golden age back is because literally it was more simplistic. Mm -hmm. They just had a ring and some lights and the wrestlers told the story.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up, I was born in 70 and I grew up you know, started watching wrestling pretty heavily in the '70s, late '70s, early '80s, and good guy, bad guy, right? right. Uh, they talk a little, a little trash on the mic for maybe two minutes, and then they go to the ring and and do their business. Tell that out. story in the business. You know, one of my favorite heels of all time is Nick Bockwinkel. Oh God, isn't he great? He is fantastic. He was my I hated that guy with passion (laughs) as a kid because I I really believed it. I really believed he was that much – I don't want to cuss on the air here, but he was just that guy that you just wanted to see the tar beat out of him and lose. Oh, yeah. And he'd always find a way, either with Bobby Heenan or Ray Stevens or somebody, to get him out of a jam at the end, get the crap knocked out of him. And then all of a sudden he'd come back and beat you somehow he cheat or whatever. And it just used to burn me up and, and that fire. And you don't see that anymore. You don't see that fire. You don't see managers interfering anymore. In fact, right. I don't even see managers anymore to be honest with you. Right. Uh, and that's the lost art of it to me. I don't know from your opinion, you've been in the, you've actually been in the business. So you've interacted. We're in that era. Talk to me, you know, that changed okay. for you when, when you, you, know, you talk about stone cold, well, I'm saying actually when you were in the ring or in a territory or a, a right. independent area, talk to me about that. That
1: I hope, I hope I'm not okay. I hope I'm not going to offend some people with this because some of these people I dearly love. Um so there are people who like to wrestle in spots. They like to, you know, well, this looks great. We'll do this, 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 and this. Like a capsule, and then we'll add this capsule to it, and then we'll add this capsule to it. Yeah. Um, You know, I was talking to um, Joe Kazana Fritz in the Knoxville area. He runs promotions there. He's been in the WWE, you know, whatever. So he tried bringing back Old School exclusively. He found out that that was very difficult. He said, to be a success today, you have to combine both the newer stuff, the spot stuff, and the old school stuff. Um, When I come into the Indies, there's a problem. My brain is getting better at it, but it's really hard to remember 16 moves in a row. Scripted, yes. You know, know, I I mean, I get in there, and to me, it's like if the guy gives me an arm, grab it. If he gives you a leg, if he turns his back to you, grab it, hit it. You know, and that's the big thing. I, hit me. I went to go wrestle in Ripley, Tennessee, mm. and I ran smack dab into the Memphis style like a freight train. It was like, you know, you, you get into the ring and, you know, like you are in Harrison, and the transitions are, if you're doing an intuitive match, is you get hip tossed, the guy will circle around, grab you by the head, pull you up, move you into the ropes, he's going to work something else. In Memphis, they'll hip toss you, kick you in the head, hit you in the face, stomp on your stomach, pull you up, slam you into the ropes, you know, um, forearm you, hit you upside the head, and then do their next move. So it was like, I thought, oh, my God, you know, I hit a buzzsaw, you know, so it's like the difference between that and the newer stuff is, is. Uh, difficult for me to deal with. And plus I'm a big guy and it seems to be more like the newer stuff is more geared toward a uh, smaller, more acrobatic yeah. type of stuff. And, and the thing is I'm 245 pounds and I will come off that top rope. Trust me. Mm. But, you know, I can't do a three quarter flip. What is that Canadian destroyer? Da, 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 da. I mean, it ain't going to happen. I'm 65 at four years old almost. And I ain't risking my neck, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you, you forgot to say 245 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal <laughs> <laughs> you forgot your yeah no i know i i you know i know now because i guess it's ingrained you've had almost 30 years of the newer stuff embedded into the system with the flying off the ropes and, and all these fancy moves and, and uh, that can get you hurt pretty quick. I mean, if you, if you land the wrong way or you come off something wrong, uh, you know, a top rope and you slip, that could be it, you know? Uh, well,
1: therein lies the rub. You'll be surprised. There is, a, I'm really in shock at the number of young people who are picking up on the old school and who are absolutely yeah. becoming it. They got bit. I mean, they're, they are, addicted to it. I think uh, it's honestly, refreshing.
0: Yeah, I, I think what it is, it's, it's like a cycle. Okay. And uh mm. to me it's uh I think parent like okay I'm 51. All right. Right. So
1: my we need to wrestle if you're 51. That's perfect age oh me. you
0: whoop me around like a rag doll <laughs> <laughs> no no <laughs> you'd have to have that the talk with me because
1: <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> Well, maybe this is what that is right now.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, you know, my kids—they're uh, all adults now. But I mean, they—they grew up in that uh, era, of the late you know nineties, two thousands. You know, uh, and now I see it revolving again to where when I was a kid, you know, it's starting—not the big ones—but I'm saying the independents. Okay, like you know, when we went to Harrison. It was enjoyable. It wasn't like my wife. She doesn't really care for the other stuff, but she said, I enjoyed that because they, have enough, yeah, they have, well, they have interactive, they have enough of the, of the character in the ring and they actually wrestle and do good moves. It's not all drama and reality, you know, base TV stuff. Right. Yeah, it was refreshing for her. So I get it. I'm glad it's coming back. Uh, you know, I I really enjoy it. I enjoy watching you. Thank you.
1: And uh, so this little outfit that I'm with in Hoxie there, the out-of-control wrestling. Out-of-control. They've, uh, well, you know, it's like I had this incredible, uh, I, I didn't want the pandemic to destroy the Flatlander, the, the building itself. I didn't want the people to abandon it to history because so many wrestlers got, broke their teeth in there and everything. It was, you know, and then OCW come along and, and they use like an old horror B-rated movie genre kind of that feel to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but because of the pandemic, because of how things change, I don't know that we could ever go back to the golden age. But they're morphing it in a way to where they kind of have done that. Yeah. You know, using some of the newer video and, and imagery. And that's one yeah. thing I've found is that imagery is everything. Yeah. Pretty much now. Yeah. I, I I'll
0: be honest with you, Roscoe. I think it can come back. Now you can add some of those features of today, the the technology, the production quality, I think is a lot better than it was, obviously, in the in the 70s and uh, even the early 80s. Uh, when you have those, uh, you know, you, your indies, the technology is a lot better. Uh, it doesn't look like a, a reel of a home movie made in the 1960s anymore with the lines going through the uh, mm-hmm. reel. It, it, it's a lot better. And I think some of the fundamentals of the early days that you were talking about, like interviews, okay? Uh, you don't have to be in the ring talking about how great you are for 20 minutes of a show. It should be, you have the, uh, the announcer, the broadcaster there, you know, have a little stage area, talk for two minutes, tell your piece, go to the ring, do your business. Right. That's, I think that's going to come back. I really do. I don't.
1: Oh, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah. Fingers crossed. And, uh, the drama of the 20 minute spats with uh I won't mention any wrestlers. I don't want to get sued, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, people in other organizations that do those 20 minute spiels on TV, wasting 20 minutes of your time about this and that. It, I I think that's going to start going away and they're gonna concentrate oh, I more. So. I hope so. You know, and the, some of these programs are three hours, which is yes. a long time for television. And yes it is runs it's out hard. of ideas.
1: Well, I think, you know, because of Facebook and because of some of the other things, people's attention span is really shot down. If you ever read like Malcolm Gladwell, his book Blink and, you know, just about how our attention spans have changed with mm-hmm. technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said earlier that imagery is everything, yep. you know, and that's why sometimes like with one promotion, if they lock down one of my matches mm-hmm. and copyright it, uh, then it's like I can't get to it, to pull the imagery out, put it on the social media to get it out to the world. You know, it's like it cuts off one of my arms and it's got to where it's like uh, imagery itself. I and mean, of course, it's really hard to monetize imagery online and stuff. Um, but it's like, to me, I think that's where we're going is you know but you can still do the old school that's what old school was Yeah, was very intense simplistic imagery that drew you in you know that's why you were in front of that black and white you know tv with the rabbit ears and the tinfoil just sitting there like this is because of that imagery you saw this big burly muscle up man beating the hell out of the other big burly muscle up man and you're fascinated you know why is this going on yeah. Oh, my God, did you see what he just did? Yeah. I wonder if that headlock hurts. I'll try that on my friend Johnny across the street here later. You know, I mean, it's just where does that come from? You know, we got to get back to that. I really like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, exactly. Another thing are, are the, uh, the characters, too. I think that, uh, you know, it used to be back in the day, everything wasn't trademarked or copyrighted, per se. So if I'll give you an example. Hulk Hogan right when he was before he got big in WWF in the or the mid 80s he could go to AWA where he was hot he was Hulk Hogan he could go to the NWA mid-south or whatever he was Hulk Hogan right now right. it's you're Roscoe Monroe right but if you were signed to WWE as Roscoe Monroe guess what they probably take your name and you'd have to be you know somebody else if you left and went to impact wrestling they know who you are but oh i gotta change my name because they think you're stealing money from them that's what makes that's what irritates me
1: yeah i've ran into that actually the imagery contracts it kept me at one place i signed an imagery contract for 18 months and, you know, the people were like, well, you could leave at any time, but if you understand the imagery contract, if you understand what, you know, the implications of what was said inside that, it kind of it forced me to be there, basically spinning my wheels for nine months of that 18 months. And, you know, I said to myself, I'll never get involved with another imagery contract again. Yeah, And it may be why I'm not wrestling at one affiliation right now is, or federation is because I just shied away from an imagery contract. You know, it's yeah. like I don't think they understand the full implications of where those imagery contracts go and do. Hmm. And I don't like seeing them necessarily get infiltrated into the indies because, you know, that's real iffy. It's like, you know... Yeah. The, I I don't want, and that's even happened here locally. Uh, Someone started up a federation during the pandemic and made people sign a year contract with them. And I was like, I don't, I don't want that. I want the freedom to be able to kind of move about and everything, you know, now if I get a, a heavyweight belt, yes, I understand I have to defend that probably every Saturday night. Yeah. I understand that.
0: Yeah, I think people are so, because of what happened, you know, almost almost 40 years ago now with the invasion per se, uh, that promoters are scared that the talent like yourself, okay, you're working for me and I understand you need freedom. You need to go other places. But if I have a show and I'm advertising you, And you call me and say, Well, I'm sorry. Uh, I know I told you I'd be there, but now I'm going here because I'm getting more money.
1: And that happens.
0: Yeah, it does happen. And that's unfortunate because I think, I mean, my understanding is uh, back in the day, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you, when you shook a guy's hand, a promoter or male, female, whatever, shook their hand, said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be there. 99% of the time, they're going to be there. They're going to show up. They're going to get their pay of what they were guaranteed or whatever by a handshake. Right. And now you have to, you know, in the big ones, you got to sign this contract. Right. And I can't use your name. You can't use this name and you can't work for 90 days after, if you get released from us or you decide to leave. Right. I think that's, crazy but well in one
1: way it's really it, it helps your self-esteem fantastically knowing that you're that important <laughs> you can actually yeah. you can actually command yeah. that much control over a situation but yeah yeah i agree with you 100 you know the thing about all that is is in this business one thing i've learned is uh your reputation's everything it really yep. is you know, you've got mm-hmm. to have that's one thing i've tried to do is to protect that and keep that and you know in my shoot world um yeah, I did some young and stupid things, you know, and it never has gone away. It's like, you know, it's like it's, it just won't go away. So it's like all of a sudden here I am. I start this unbelievably uh, shocking second career of uh, you know, professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, a jump from being a pharmacist to professional wrestler is kind of, it's a big job. Unusual. I mean, it's unusual. Yeah. So it's like, I knew that, that reputation's everything, you know, yeah. I mean? uh, and and I, that's maybe one reason why I have problems with the shoot stuff is I demand respect, you know, yeah. but, uh, but it's like, it, uh, it just um it, it, that, that era is gone. And of course it was all based on respect and it was all based on your uh, reputation. And there were yeah. people's careers ruined if they, did stuff like that. And yeah. people are kind of flippant toward that right now. Yeah. you know, you'll yeah, see I, it In the Indies, you'll see somebody book a date and then shift over to somewhere else, you know, and that's, yeah. that's wrong.
0: It is wrong. It's, it, you're breaking your, I mean, you're breaking your word, one, and two, right. it's, it's just really unprofessional. Right. Uh, totally yeah. unprofessional.
1: Totally. And that's another thing. I don't think people are versed in what's professional and what is not. <laughs> and I was lucky in that I spent like 40 years in a profession and basically I took behind the woodshed a number of times, you know, uh, and taught what professionalism was yeah, and how to be mm-hmm. humble and how to, yeah. uh, be respectful yeah. in, in all situations, you yeah. know, pragmatic, uh, you know, uh, and when you don't get that in, yeah it's not there to be taught to you, then I don't see where that get it. Yeah.
0: No, I, you know, I understand. I, that respect thing is big for me too. I don't,
1: it gets what? worse as you get older. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, yeah. it is. It, uh, it gets worse as I get older. You know, some gut bite, uh, some younger, much younger person says something, uh sarcastic or something uh to me. But, oh but wait you'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, uh it's not good. But uh anyway, that's yeah. So interesting about the pharmacy uh aspect. I didn't realize you were a pharmacist. So yes. what what got you into being a pharmacist?
1: I wanted a good retirement <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope it worked out for you. No. That's why you're wrestling, right?
1: Yes. Oh, there's no money in wrestling at the moment for me. That's for sure. I haven't quite hit that apex yet, but uh, no. But now it's like um, um I had to do something. I, I got a scholarship to the University of Arkansas Fayetteville. There were, this is like, probably about the time you were born. Hell, I could be your father. <laughs> that's distressing. That's distressing, Brian. I could probably be your father. Um, uh, but it's like a, there were 22,000 students from 140 countries, and there I was. I had to do something with my life. So yeah. uh, I, I tested out real high in biochemistry. So I said, well, I'll just do this.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's you got to be pretty intelligent to be a pharmacist. I mean. No, I'm
1: dumb as a box of rocks. I've been tested twice um i have the iq of a state trooper so don't worry i uh, don't buy it <laughs> i mean that's why i ended up in, you know knuckle dragon wrestler. i <laughs> mean <laughs> well
0: let's let's uh we'll close this Right, i want to know what you're doing now what's what's your plans here for the immediate future
1: develop it's developing the fan base more developing the historical context more uh i kind of want to concentrate you know on two federations okay Uh, I like the Hoxie one. I like OCW. Uh, We'll see where Mid-States goes. Mid-States has been kind of a timing thing. With I had heart failure, and then uh, I'm coming back from that. And then I had the viruses, and then that's when you saw me there at Harrison. So it's just everything was all skewed with that. So let's see where that goes. And um, just really concentrate on that and develop the fan base and see. You know, I've got the Internet. I need the local. I need the local folks to uh, kind of come along um, and, you know, I think they're there and they want it. it is just the opportunity hasn't hit. Yeah. Whenever I was the champion at the OCW there in Hoxie, that was a wonderful experience. It was incredible. It was an incredible push. The visuals, the the, the social media stuff that they pumped out with me and everything was just outstanding and yeah. literally a uh, worldwide viewing audience uh because of the internet and that shook me i mean you get messages from austria spain uh, england singapore uh, the philippines australia and you get all these people like oh i saw your stuff my god you know and you know i'm an old man and it's like well you know that's uh, really a great boost for my ego and stuff But, uh, but just the ability to reach out like that now i need to bring it home yeah. Now I need to get butts in the seats locally, yeah. you know, and that was a great experience there for me at Hoxie being the, the champion and, yeah. and pushing it forward. Let's see what happens with mid-states and some of the others.
0: Yeah. I can tell you from personal experience, I've seen you in person. I've seen you wrestle in Harrison, and Arkansas where you're in mid-states free. I didn't realize your age and you are in phenomenal shape for your age. Thank you. And, uh, Wish I yeah, you are in, in phenomenal shape. Most, um, I shouldn't say that some people your age are not in such great shape. I'll just leave it like that. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy your, uh, your in-ring ability and, your, and, and like I said, you know, folks, I want to tell you, uh, follow Roscoe. I'll have it down in the description, Roscoe Monroe and, and, if you see advertised events in your area when he's on the card, you need to go. Uh, it's not thank you, sir. Yeah, it, it, it's not expensive. $10, 15 bucks, whatever it is. It's not very expensive. You're gonna have a great time.
1: And Brian, thank you so much for oh, this. I was so afraid to do a podcast. No, this has been absolutely fantastic. you been. I'm so glad you got bit. You've been gator bit. I have.
0: Welcome to the Roscoe true. Nation.
1: You That's definitely right. got thank the value
0: with you, my friend. All right. I appreciate it. Roscoe Monroe, sir, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And, folks, follow this man on Facebook. If you're watching, subscribe to our channel if you haven't. If you're listening, subscribe to the podcast. We really need your support. Bye, Roscoe. Uh, thank you again, sir. I appreciate it. Everyone, I hope you have a great day. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See Bye you. everybody.
1: <laughs> Bring the body with you.